Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jason Jones of J Street Vibes in the Athletic set to join us coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. You said if one thing's broke, um, you know, in, in Phoenix's case, if one thing's broke, you have other places you can go. With the Kings, when one thing's broke, they struggle. The one thing that you're talking about that's broken is De'Aaron Fox? No, no, no. I mean, in general, like, you know, go back to the first five, uh, four games of the season when they went 0-4 and, and Harrison Barnes didn't look like Harrison Barnes. Like, this team, it, it's right on the brink of being good enough to – to win a bunch of games, but they're going to need every piece that they have. Like when we talk about the next man up mentality, like the Kings have a next man up mentality at like the eighth, ninth, 10th spot. They don't have a next man up mentality if they lose one of their, their top six guys. And, and that's where I think the struggle is going to be. Like it's a long season. The depth is there. But the depth is there for, like, making adjustments. I don't think the depth is there to withstand a major injury right now. And and I also think when, when guys aren't playing well, it, it becomes an issue. Like, when we you see, like, two guys, three guys have an off night, this team doesn't have something to pick them up every time. You know, sometimes Monk can carry the way, uh, you know, off the bench. But, you know, they need... They need more consistency. Again, right now they've got – it's not just Fox who's not having good games. It's four guys who are not having good games. We're talking Fox. We're talking Murray. We're talking Barnes. And we're talking Kevin Herter who's missed his last 13 three-point shots. Like, you take away Herter's ability. If he's not hitting the three, well, that, that hurts your spacing. And it also – I mean, it hurts your scoring, but it hurts your spacing. If Barnes isn't shooting threes, it hurts your spacing – and and again, it hurts your scoring. The same thing with Keegan. Like it's four guys in the starting five have had three bad games pretty much in a row, and the only one I'll excuse really is the one is the final game with Herder, where he puts up 18 points because he's like, well, I can't hit from the outside, so I'm going to go inside. So good, you made an adjustment. So I'll take him off the list for one game, but 
the other guys you, you got to kind of leave on the list. They haven't had good games at all, uh, and that's why you're 0-3 over the last three. Are you concerned about the three-game losing streak? No, because, like, this is a sustainable offense. Like, even if you lose, mm-hmm. like, again, we talk about, like, all these guys. What did they combine? If you th- your three, like, sharpshooters in your starting lineup combined for one three-pointer yesterday, you still had 32 assists or 34 assists. You still scored 119 points or 117 points, whatever it was. So, no, like, this offense can can really crank – but we talk about this early on, right? Like the efficiency of the offense will help your defense. And that's why all of a sudden the offense became became inefficient and Devin Booker's putting up point after point after point. If you can't sustain on offense, then you're and you're turning the ball over, or you're giving up long rebounds and all that stuff, uh, then you're gonna have a bunch of issues. And this team needs to be really good offensively for their defense to have any chance. Uh, that's just the way it is. This defense needs to get back and have the ball, have the other team inbounding the ball after a made basket because they're just not that good. I'm not concerned about the three-game losing streak either, James, but you know what I am concerned about? A four-game losing streak. (laughs) Because a four-game losing streak is going to be monumentally different than a three-game losing streak only because who the fourth game would be against. The world will end for the Beam and the Kings as we know it tomorrow at 9.30 if they do not have more points than the Indiana Pacers. Oh, everybody's amped up for this one. We knew when that schedule came out, November 30th, Golden 1... I don't know that everybody expected Indiana to play the way that they were. I don't know where people honestly expected the Sacramento Kings to be, but let's call it what it is. They're at about 500 right now. They're a game over 500. The Pacers are, I think they're 12-9 and after last night's win against the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, the amount of bad press, the amount of, lame podcasts and articles that have been written and made uh, regarding this deal and how dumb Sacramento is. And I guess DeMontis Sabonis is a horrible basketball player. All of that is coming to a head in front of what I am sure will be nearly 17,000 people tomorrow night at the Golden One Center. And as Rob W. says, yep, game number 20 of the season is in fact a must win game it is for i believe the 10th time this year the most important game of the season you're laughing you think i'm playing i'm dead serious james ham they cannot lose tomorrow night versus indiana the world will end it will mark the end of the universe that beam will be like the 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 laser in independence day it'll just blow everything up and it'll all be over uh that's amazing um yeah I mean, look, I, I think it's it's always funny to me that certain games mean so much to certain people. And I don't think the Kings look at it as anything other than another game and a home game and a game when they know that they've got a, a tough schedule um, that they've got to get. They've got to get this game because they've got to get this game. 
they're not they don't have to get this game because they've got to beat Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton. On the other side, I think that there are hurt feelings. And I think that there are it, there's at least one guy who really, really wants to stick it to the Kings. And then there's another guy who has never performed well in a big game in his entire career. So if he's thinking this is a big game, then the Kings fans are going to be very excited about what was about to happen. Um, but I, I think like Mike, I'll, I'll like relay this to Michael Malone. Michael Malone got so geared up to play the Kings every single time after he left. He could not wait to beat the Kings. And it took, I don't know, three years, four years, five years for him to actually get the win. Um, and then you heard that we we won this one for Coach from Jokic. You know, like they knew how much he wanted to get the win at Golden One Center uh, because there was so much bad blood. And he wanted to stick it to ownership in Sacramento uh, and get a win. I think maybe Indiana has a couple of players that feel that way. I don't think the Kings care. They just want to get a W, and it doesn't matter who it is they're playing. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think that's what they're all saying. But they're, they, they know what time it is. They're amped for this game. Not only are they amped for this, you're right. They need to get a win. And that's probably what they should be focusing on. But if Mike Brown is in that huddle saying or in that, uh, 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 you know, meeting room saying, oh, guys, it's it's just another game. Don't do that. Acknowledge what it is. We we know this is being talked about on all circles. The Athletic just published an article today revisiting the Kings Pacers trade ahead of the, 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 the matchup tomorrow. Embrace it. Sabonis says, no, we got to win this game. Well, sure, you got to win the game because you're on a three-game losing streak. That's what Sabonis is going to say. Hey, I want to kick their ass because they tried to trade me all year. They didn't think I was good enough to play a long Miles uh, turn. They, they didn't think whatever they thought about me. I'm on a mission just like Tyrese is, just like De'Aaron is. No, but we're going to say the right thing. De'Aaron Fox, nope, I ain't trying to hear it. It's just another game. No, De'Aaron wants to bust their ass tomorrow. He wants to bust Buddy's ass, and he wants to bust Tyrese's ass. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk more. Uh, Jason Jones said to join. Jason Jones knows what I'm talking about. He knows what time it is. James playing this whole, hey, you got to go out there. No, I'm on to you, James. I disagree. We'll come back. Jason Jones joins us next here on ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. D-Lo and KC continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. We appreciate you for being with us, uh, no matter where you are, if you're on Twitch, YouTube. If you're listening on 1320 AM uh, or the Odyssey app, the commercial, the, the conversation just continues through the commercial break uh, over on Twitch and YouTube. We, we, we have some fun. We're trying to figure out. Tyrese, is, Tyrese has not been invited. Has Tyrese sent De'Aaron Fox a congratulatory text on the new uh, on the baby announcement? I, those are those are hard hitting questions. I'll give you twenty bucks if you ask De'Aaron Fox that tomorrow at shoot around. Did, I'll take your twenty bucks, but then I'll pay someone else who would like to ask a question that didn't have tact. Uh, I'll give him ten dollars. That's a, that's a great I'll idea. Talk at the other ten. <laughs> Brandon is essentially your intern. Have Brendan do it. You like Brendan. Hey, I'm going to need you to ask your buddy Ty, uh, who doesn't play defense, if he uh, has been invited to the baby shower. Yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta do that. That's a, yeah. that's that's a must, because um, obviously this is the mega powers explode uh, between De'Aaron Fox, and that's really the funniest thing with this whole trade scenario is it's always De'Aaron and Tyrese, as if De'Aaron and Tyrese were swapped for each other. Sabonis is rarely mentioned in this. You mentioned he's been on the verge of a triple-double virtually the entire season. Um, he's, uh, he, he's, he's you know, near the top of the league in rebounds. He's a, you know, 16, 17-point per, per, per game guy, whatever he is. Like, he's a solid fill-the-stat-sheet guy, a really good fill-the-stat-sheet guy. He's made De'Aaron Fox better. He's made Kevin Herter better. Um, he, he, he has made the Sacramento Kings better. But he's rarely discussed in, in this trade. It's always Tyrese and De'Aaron. And it was it, it it's it's almost like a it's like a non championship version of Kobe and Shaq. Oh, they had to be split split up and you had to take a side. It's like, oh okay, like if you if you gotta go that far, like that's fine. Both guys seem to be doing pretty well uh in both teams. Uh, seem to be doing pretty well. But as was pointed out uh, in the chat earlier, uh, the winner of this game tomorrow night officially wins the trade. Those are the rules. Uh, so the winner of tomorrow night's game will be declared uh, the undisputed uh, winner of the trade. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, I fully agree with you. Like, they, It's very disrespectful for Sabonis what's happened here because they act like, like he's just a toss-in. And, I mean, he was a better player in the trade. Now, whether he ends up being the better player overall, like, we don't know. Um, but he's still a two-time All-Star. He easily could be a three-time All-Star this year. Um, you know, and, and he could be a, an eight-time All-Star and be a Hall of Famer. So I don't think we need to make any judgments on what's going to happen here yet. Uh, but, you know, I, it's just, like, there's a lot of weird bad blood. And the bad blood, just so you know, it's not with the players like the player like when uh, Tyrese was traded 
his first call was to De'Aaron. They talked for like a half hour, like a very emotional call. So it's not like it was De'Aaron and it wasn't De'Aaron who pushed him out the door or anything else. Any of that narrative is is not accurate at all. This was just a, a general manager got to a point where he saw a deal on the table that made sense for him right then and he made the move. And we talked about this the other day. Don't forget that that Monty McNair has a very specific way that he does business, and that is that he does not over overvalue his own assets. He looks at his assets and tries to get a true read from them. And if that means he calls around and gets a true read from multiple people for those assets or, or anything else, I'll just tell you that last season when he was traded from the Kings, and of course he's gone on to do bigger and better things, Halliburton was averaging 14.3 points, 7.4 assists, 1.7 steals, and three rebounds, 3.9 rebounds. Like he was a very good player, but we're talking about a guy who averaged 14 and seven. And he was traded for a two-time all-star center that was 25 year old, 25 years old at the time, averaging, you know, 19 and, and 12. And so like, I, I get it. I get that. I understood the trade when it happened. And I've almost been kind of like ambivalent about the trade because I think everyone did well. And did I want to see Tyrese Halliburton go? No. Like as a media member, he's a much easier person to cover than even Sabonis is. Like I like Sabonis, but like every time you talk to Sabonis, it's like we're like on a speed speed round on a game show. So like there's a difference, but that doesn't mean that I don't like his style of play. I love his style of play. I love like watching what's happening with this team and how they get better. Um, but, you know, I again, for me, it's like it's not my job to totally judge what the trade is until like we actually know what happens in the trade two or three years from now. Oh, no, James, I'm so sorry. That is absolutely not how this works. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we have to uh, we have to judge stuff uh, immediately as we bring in uh, Jason Jones of uh, The Athletic, as you see there. Uh, on his uh, sweatshirt and, of course, the J Street Vibes uh, podcast. Uh, Jason, we're gearing up for the uh, Mega Powers Explode tomorrow night, the match of the century, the game of the century uh, with the, the, the Sacramento Kings and the, and the Indiana Pacers. Um, James seems to be of the foolish notion that we're not going to know who won the trade tomorrow. I've been very clear. The winner of tomorrow night's game wins the trade. That's how this works. Oh, of course, because then what you got to do is go like on NBA 2K and put the trade in again and see what the tr- trade still go through. Like, would Indiana wants the bonus back if it doesn't work? That you know, so that's, like, that's how you got to figure these things out. Yeah. You know, we don't what what good are facts and perspective in this thing? No. You got to make a decision right now. No, I mean, what what good is long term assessment? Yeah, I mean, who cares about that stuff? We got to know now who won the trade. I believe that's fair. We have to know right now, which is why this game is taking place tomorrow. This game wouldn't happen if it wasn't determined to determine the winner of the uh, of the trade. That's, I'm with you on that one, you know. So, hey, that'll be we'll, – we'll know for sure if that trade was worth it tomorrow night. I think it's because James isn't a wrestling fan. Like, when you look at everything through a wrestling perspective, it all makes so much more sense. The the, the, the the mega powers explode, just like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. The ultimate challenge, just like Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior. You enter the ring, the the, the best man leaves. 
Right. And whoever had the better game was the better, whether, you know. That's if, it. If, Ty, if Tyrese has a better game than De'Aaron, that means the Kings messed up. Yeah. Those are the rules. Pretty them, are the, them are the rules. It's yeah, funny. You know, and we'll go on Twitter and someone will be going off about what an idiot Monty McNair is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So your 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 WWE like Jason knows that I don't know that mm-hmm. that at all either. That's okay. Um, I, I remember Jason years ago. You said, "Hey, look, Rick Ross is on the sidelines. Is is, is sitting courtside?" And I'm like, "Is he a wrestler?" <laughs> <laughs> See, that, <laughs> that happened. That was a wild time in Sacramento when we just had random rappers just showing up at sleep train. What? what was Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> it's like, it like, why is Kelsey Grammer at a Kings game? Why is Frazier here? <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was just like random. Like, remember, like Ti was at a game. But like, why are you here? Like, it, and it was never like the game was tied to like that person's hometown. It was like, really? Like, they're not playing the Hawks. Why did Ti want to show up here? Did like, anybody yeah. get an answer as to why Frazier was here? No, I, one game, Glenn Close was there. It's like, why is Glenn Close here? <laughs> like, what is happening? Glenn's <laughs> of all time was when Drake was there. That was uh-huh. whatever because DeMarcus had just went off on George Carl. And then, like, lo and behold, there's Drake hugging people. And it's like, see, I told you guys this story and no one believed me. Jason will back me up. And it's... It was, the greatest part about it was Karam Butler looks at me and goes, this is how they do things here. <laughs> because it's like, do you guys realize what just happened in here? And like, now we got Drake and like, no one's like, Drake is like, Hey, I'm here. And they're like, whatever. The whole room was silent. Hi, Drake. They were all in these little groups. And it was like, hi, Drake. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was by far my most favorite awkward celebrity appearance. This is like Drake. After George Carl got read the riot act by his best player, it was wonderful. I, I yeah. love that that is universally regarded as the absolute best. Just random King story is is the night Drake popped into the locker room after Demarcus Cousins uh, went nuts on somebody. Uh, let's also not forget uh, before we learned he made a living stealing from poor black people. Uh, Brett Favre was here uh, oh, yeah. for reasons known to nobody with Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell and Brett Favre were sitting in the front row of a Kings game very recently. Yeah, maybe, maybe Brett Favre was here to steal. He, he, he could. He was scouting Del Paso Heights. He was like, you know, I could, wow. I could, wow. I could, I could, I could get in. You know, I, I could set up shop here. <laughs> I don't even know that they were there together. I think they just all of a sudden they were sitting. They put them next to each other. Like I, I don't think that they came together. I think it's like all of a sudden Chuck Liddell's. Like, so now he's being dragged through the mud because he was there with Brett Favre, the Steeler. I mean, you had some pretty epic <laughs> randomness on King. So I'm like, why are you like really? Like, why are you here? Well, like, we had Jim Rome night for some reason. You remember when Jim Tiffany remember sang at halftime? <laughs> <laughs> An internal flame happened. Yeah. Once again, I show up and we go, we go completely off the rails and random stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. That's 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 fine. We're setting the stage, as we said, for 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 the game of the century tomorrow. Jay, you're well, going to be courtside tomorrow. Then, like, do we get like do we get like Brad Miller and like I mean, oh we got to get we, we got to get, get Peja and we got to get uh. Ron back because they both play for both teams. Uh-huh. That's a good call. 
That's a good call. Them, we got to get them back. We got to get Brad there. Brad played for both teams. And hmm. we got to have interviews before the game where they've got to pick a side. Oh. Well, no, look they'll at, be. Yeah, they'll, look they'll, at Jason working. I like this. Uh, it's, it's, see, this is the wrestling aspect of this. That's why this game makes so much more sense is when you look at it through a, a, a professional wrestling lens. James, you got to get locked into wrestling. Go, James, Find watch WrestleManias 1 through 37 and get, get caught up and you'll get it. Like when I tell my girlfriend I'm playing a heel, she's like, oh, God, here we go again with this. You're going to be a jerk to me. <laughs> She knows what she, she, she gets it, you know, and uh, she understands it's only a role for a certain situation. You know, you can always go back the other way, and it's always about the storyline. At the end of the day, is it a good story? Okay, wrestling applies to all areas of life, just about. And and the stage is set for a good story uh, tomorrow. Vince Vince McMahon booked this one uh, beautifully. I, and I, I actually, I, I, I like the idea. I'm curious if someone like Ron is there, um, in, 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 in Pasia and if they, they bring guys out. Cause I've, I've said the, 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 was it Detroit James that set the golden one center record a couple of weeks ago? I think it was the three o'clock Detroit game. Yeah. I, I think that record's going to be smashed tomorrow night, especially after that sale they did yesterday, that cyber Monday sale they did yesterday. I think that record is going to be smashed tomorrow night. Yeah. And all we need, we need, we need De'Aaron and Tyrese to get into it. Like, oh. <laughs> we need them to get tangled up and somebody overreacts. and Oh. <laughs> Go face-to-face like Jordan and Xavier McDaniels did. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we need, like, some bonus to trip buddy or something. We, we, we just need anarchy. Oh, I'm all for it. I could just see Buddy trying to, like – like get the whole thing riled up and just like it'd be like that sometimes, you know, and like and facts. <laughs> he'd say facts like fifty times. Facts, facts. Like I think we're gonna. <laughs> I'm buddy's, excited to see it. But he's getting up eighteen threes tomorrow, at least. Yeah. Does and, Jason Anderson accidentally cheer when Buddy hits a three? It won't be an accident. Okay. <laughs> He'll also post a inappropriate Buddy Heald uh, Halloween well, costume outfit the second Buddy hits a three. Buddy's going to have a few fans there tomorrow night. I believe it. I believe it'll it. Be worse, it'll be worse than like when Kobe's last game and I was there and I was just like, you know, it'll be worse, you know. Well, in your yeah. defense, there was an arena full of Kobe fans there at that last game. <laughs> <laughs> that was that I think to this day is still the loudest game I've ever been at because there were so many Laker fans there. And in that fourth quarter, the game went back and forth. So every time anyone did anything, it got crazy loud for the entire fourth quarter. Yeah, but for a game between two teams that were going were terrible. It was, quite, it, it was it was quite entertaining. Just terrible. Um, are you concerned about this three-game losing streak the Kings are on? You're you're pretty level-headed. You never get too high. You never get too low. But like, I, I, do do you do you read too much into this this streak the Kings are on? I really don't for a couple of reasons. One, going into the trip, I thought they would probably lose at Atlanta and Boston, so I can't get all riled up when I thought those were games they could probably lose. And you you know you you, you run into Trey Young, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker three games in a row. Yeah. The odds are you might lose all three, but it wasn't a game where, they, you know, outside of Boston, they just didn't get a run off the court for the most. And even in Boston, it was close until all of a sudden it went, you know, 
Boston went Boston on them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and even like last night, they fought down to the very end. So it wasn't like it wasn't like you watched the game and say they don't belong in the same court with those guys. This is terrible. This is a, you know, a huge setback. Because I mean, were they as good as the winning streak overall? Maybe not. Are they like terrible because they've lost three in a row? No. So I think it's all kind of balances out. So I, I wouldn't be panicked right now. Now if they lose like five in a row, you know, you say okay, maybe you got something to worry about. And I know I've heard all the counter arguments analytically to why their defense isn't that bad. Miss me with that. <laughs> you can't keep giving up 120 yeah. and be like, well, but they make plays sometimes in the fourth. No, you can't You can't do that consistently and be like, well, it's okay because you realize when you break this number down and move this number around, in the last three minutes of the fourth quarter, they're a top eight defense. Well, the game's 48 minutes. And, you, you know, so you're going to have to still get better on that end. I thought James was going to jump in there, but he's not. That's fine. No, that's all right. We'll just, we'll he's just... going to jump in or he hates what I just said. And he's like, well, no, I, th- I think James, no, good. James yeah. prefers the measured take rather than my over the top battle for the universe uh, take that, that I have on this. Can you, bruh, what the hell happened last night? Last night with what? The Lakers and the Pacers. I, I, I <laughs> know what when I'm, I was watching it, I said when they got it to one on one ninety one, I said Darvin Ham called timeout. I don't like where this is going. Mm-hmm. And then AD misses with free. I mean, it, you know. And then even I'm like, just get the rebound. It's over. And then the ball, you know, the balls. I'm like, it was. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how that happened because really the Lakers have not have been playing a whole lot better the last two three weeks. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I was like, so I was like, oh god! I mean, I think there's probably about five eight games a year like that where you just go, what you know, that happens to everyone. But I was just like, you gotta be kidding me, right? Like once AD missed that free throw, I was like, uh oh. But you know what? It could be the basketball gods. They had no business beating New Orleans that game either. Mm. Where they, you know, New Orleans misses two free throws, mm-hmm. they get a three from the other Matt Ryan to tie it. So, so that's probably like the basketball guys balancing it out. Like you had no business winning that game, so now you, there's a game you have no business losing that you're going to lose. So, yeah, that was that was that was different. If one single thing in the final like four minutes and ten seconds goes different, the Pacers don't win. Right. One just one thing goes different. The Pacers don't win. It was just a series of events that kept happening one after the other after the other after the other that wound up in the Tyrese assist for the three and yeah, like they like they call that they don't call that foul. My man is on the sidelines struggling to do with the ball. You know, he might turn it over and it's game over. Mm-hmm. The the foul actually allowed them to set something up that leads to the you know, the re, you know, the everything that happened in Tyrese, you know, you know, find somebody I'd never heard of. <laughs> or, oh, and I said, oh, it's going in. And then, like, LeBron waits on the court, like, well, maybe Mike, no, they're not turning this. So this no, that, that's going to count. Yeah, Andrew Nebhardt. Uh, you know, we brought this up, too. Like, Tyrese just has that knack for making just almost anyone better. And I, that mm-hmm. it was a perfect pass, like, found the guy wide open. But you put faith in a guy. It reminded me a little bit of the – 
the play last year where De'Aaron Fox like got to the middle and flung a ball to uh, Chimezi Metu in the corner for an open three at the buzzer, and he hit it. it. You know, if you give, you hand the power to guys that maybe aren't used to the moment, uh, but you you empower them in that moment. Sometimes good things happen. Yeah, I mean, in that moment, he's got to catch and shoot. There's no decision for him to make. The ball's coming to me. I got to shoot this. There's no okay. I got to back it out. So yeah, I said in that last four minutes. Everything that could work for the Pacers worked. Like every little thing. You know, even look at the Kings game, you know, they get it down to three. They get one more thing to go haywire. <laughs> you know, yeah. but instead, you yeah. know, they you know, they they don't get that rebound and they, then they uh Phoenix gets a couple of free throws. So yeah, it, it was it was a weird one, you know, as I could kind of did my little league pass, you know, at the end of the night, you know. Cool, might be on the West Coast by the end of the night because we only like two or three games to kind of go through at that point. Um, the Pacers and Kings have taken different roads to get here. I think the the Pacers are twelve and nine now. The Kings are ten and nine. Um, again, they took different roads, but they've both won seven of their last ten. Uh, all of the the Tyrese and in in Sabonis who doesn't get mentioned in this De'Aaron buddy, all of that stuff aside, these are two good. These are two teams that are probably a little bit better than most people expected them to be uh, at mm-hmm. this point. And this is likely cause it's not a, you know, it's not, it's not Phoenix. Who's a, a, a potential title contender. It's not Boston. Who's a potential title contender. These are two teams kind of on the same tier right now. It's a, it's a litmus test for both of them. Yeah. And I think you're looking at the, I remember with the trade, someone had made the point to me that what's the why did you why do you keep De'Aaron? He'll probably never be an All Star, and maybe Tyrese has a better chance to be one in the East. I mean, I, I was hearing a couple of wild takes. Now you're looking at you know who would have thought at this point you're talking about both of them possibly on that on that track. So yeah, it's a good litmus test for both of them. You know, I think Indiana's probably more ahead of schedule or above. That. If you if you'd have told me the Kings would be ten and nine, I could believe that. You know, I wouldn't have banked on, you know, Indiana being 12 and 9. So, I mean, I think, but like I said, both of them playing, you know, playing a little bit of, you know, playing maybe a little bit above what people thought they were going to be. But I, I, I like what both of them, I mean, Indiana's, they're tough. They got some, those guys they drafted the last couple of years. They've got, you know, they got some length out there. I mean, they're, 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 they're I mean, they're, they're, they're fun to watch. They beat the Lakers in part because they just had energy at the end. Yeah. They were interesting, you know, they just beat the Lakers to a couple of loose balls, you know, last night. They Lakers grabbed one of those rebounds, the game's over. So you get a team like they get the Kings who can, who, who are going to get up and down and, and all that. You know Tyrese, even though I think some of the whole Tyrese talking about sack has been overblown. Like, he, you know, if you, if, you, if you go on social media, you swear Tyrese wakes up in the morning, brushes his teeth, and goes, I hate sack. <laughs> you know, because every time he makes a comment, oh, my God, Tyrese, his feeling, I'm like, I, I'll forgive, I mean, Tyrese for having hurt feelings about the trade. I'll forgive him for that. And I did hit mute on my messages. I don't know what that one is, but. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I, I, I don't know. We, last week it was like. Brr, brr. Yeah, he was getting blown up last week. There was yeah, speculation yeah. that it was Facebook Messenger, <laughs> but I don't yeah. know for sure. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I'm. This is going to be fun because you know, yeah. obviously, we've never actually got to watch Tyrese play against De'Aaron. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and then you're going to have your Tyrese Hive, your De'Aaron Hive. You're going to have your random people in the national media who don't know De'Aaron's any good and go, how could you not trade De'Aaron? There's a lot and of those. There's and they've like, clearly those. never watched the Kings play when they make those comments. They're like, what do you mean? Why would you know? And they're, and they're looking at stuff like, well, he's on his rookie contract. Well, De'Aaron's on a max contract. So that kind of matters when you're making a trade. Mm-hmm. You know, or what you think about the guy, you know, in the organization, you don't give that guy a max contract and trade him in a year. Yeah. Unless you get, you know, I don't know what you would have gotten, you know, but you know, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be fun. But unfortunately, I guess not, maybe, I don't know if it's unfortunate because it's the Kings and the Pacers. It's not going to get like that first, you know, high segment of sports center treatment unless the guys get into a WWE fight. We're, we're pulling for that. Jason. Oh, yeah. Do you uh, do you miss it? And I guess too, like, you know, we we covered De'Aaron as like a nineteen year old kid. How fun is it to see him like hit this moment in his career where everything seems to be going well for him? Uh, he just got married. He's got a baby on the way now. Uh, we're watching him grow up. But you know, as like we remember the spiky haired kid that we dealt with every day. Yeah, when I when I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, I was like, man, you're old now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you're old. I mean, you know, and old, of course, is wrong. I'm like, man, you're old now. And we were just kind of you know, catching up and, you know, just even hear his perspective, how he, you know, how he's kind of grown up and changed and matured and how he sees things. We forget how young he was when he got to Sacramento. And I think a lot of times now we probably judge the, the these youngsters a little too harshly early on. It's like, He's 19. Like when I was 19, I was in the dorms playing playing Madden. <laughs> I couldn't imagine him being a millionaire. And I, I would have made so many bad decisions. I already know. I like have like probably seven, eight kids. There's just something ridiculous. <laughs> so I had to, you know, I, 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 you know, I'd be like the Sean Kemp of like the media. Just be like, man, <laughs> I'm out of control. You know, but I, you know, it, it's cool to be able to see, you know, see, you know, kind of see the guys from a distance. Like well, now, when I come around, it's like. I'm like an old guy they remember. Like, hey, hey, remember him. What's up, OG? <laughs> yeah. Or as De'Aaron might remind me, I can hang out with his dad. You know, I'm old mm-hmm. enough to hang out with his dad. Like, you know, he was like when Zebo got traded. He's like, man, my dad's more mad than anybody. I was his homie. Like, they hung out. They're like, they're about the same age. And I was like, God, De'Aaron really is that much younger than me. This yeah, is- that's, what I, that's what I knew I'd been doing it for a while when I realized the rookies could, like, be my children. Wow. This uh, is yeah. a this is a question for both of you, Jason. We'll we'll, we'll start with you. Okay. Could Tyrese <clears throat> and De'Aaron be where they are right now if they were both still on the Sacramento Kings? I don't think so. I I don't think. I think Tyrese is a true old school type point guard who has to have the ball, and his job is to be a he's a floor general, and he wasn't going to be that in that role. Because when the trade got made, I said, I said, I know it sounds mean, but the Kings basically traded their backup point guard. I know he was starting, but the the team was about De'Aaron, and that's the way it was going to be. And I don't think we're not seeing Tyrese flourish that way. And I think we even saw last year, they were trying to figure it out. I think they both had the best of intentions, but I don't know if it was ever going to fully work because Tyrese had his best game when De'Aaron was hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I don't know if De'Aaron is what he is right now. If he has to, you know, 
Because I mean, not everyone has kind of the the makeup to play with another another point guard. And even though I know De'Aaron likes playing off the ball sometime and things of that sort, the fact is, the, the, you know, he's at his best when he's with the ball attacking. And especially before this season, when he, the three really wasn't falling for him consistently, you couldn't just put De'Aaron in the corner and ask him to shoot. You know, you're taking away. You're you're, you're now not using his greatest asset, his speed. And you're highlighting a weakness, which at that point would be his outside shooting. And so, yeah, I, I just don't think they're both where they are right now if they're still together. So sometimes you make a great draft pick, and you can, and that draft pick is, becomes bad because you can flip it to something else if the Kings did. Yeah, I, I agree with Jason. I, I don't think there's any way, which never happens, actually. Me and Jason never agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> historically speaking, we don't usually agree. Um, but I, I honestly think that uh, it's not even that, like, a true point guard versus a score-first point guard. It really does come down to they're just two guys that have to have the ball in their hands, whether they're scoring, whether they're assisting, wh- whatever they're doing it's how they were brought up as basketball players. It's how they, they were made to feel comfortable as basketball players. And I think that the way that the Kings attacked this offseason with Fox, where they really worked on that, on how to play off the ball, how to get balance on your shots, you know, all the things that Luke Locks worked with, uh, Luke Locks worked with De'Aaron during the offseason. If the Kings would have tried to do that the year before, then maybe you would have had some sort of opportunity. But even still... Uh, Halliburton is a guy who really makes his his pick and roll man better. He's a guy that you know if you if you're in the corner, he'll sling it to you in the corner. He's not someone who's going to make that other guy right next to him better uh, all the time. And so I, I think that they would have really struggled to mesh forever. And I, you know, again, like when they traded him, he was averaging 14 points a game as far as Halliburton that wasn't really working and and fox was averaging what 20 it just nothing felt right about it and once you got you made the move both of them just look like different players again Mm -hmm. i agree it uh it's it's again it's 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 very rare that a trade works out for both teams and early in the process uh it looks like uh this trade has worked out uh for everybody uh, for now, though, uh, that's our instant gratification world. Who knows what it's going to look like in um, three years, four years. I know Tyrese is really good. He's leading the league in assists right now. I know De'Aaron Fox is really good. Um, and more importantly to this conversation, DeMontis Sabonis is really good. Uh, he's not, you know, he, he's probably not going to lead the league in anything though. He'll be, uh, you know, near the top in rebounds, but the fact that he's capable of getting, you know, what, what, what do you have? Like 17, nine and 10 pretty regularly or 17, 10 and nine pretty regularly and able to add a few steals here and in a couple other aspects there, uh, Jay, he's such a, a, a unique component uh, to the Sacramento Kings team, and more than the Tyree stuff, more than the trade, uh, more than it being Indiana, the fact that it's uh, two good teams kind of fighting for respect this season, I think, is what makes tomorrow's game really interesting. Yeah, exactly. And you got something like you know, I don't know if Sabonis is doing what he's doing now. If he's still in Indiana, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, we, 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 you know, we, you really don't know. And I think 
you know, it helped both teams. It allowed the, you know, Indiana to kind of reset, get off of the Sabonis deal and kind of look to the future by getting, you know, what's clearly now a foundational piece for them. And the Kings were in a different space. They really didn't need to get another young guy. You know, I think even, even years ago, Blade had the right idea with, I don't need any more young guys, but you got to get the right guys. And now you're getting the right guys to go with your young guys. Like, you know, this is the, I, I've always said about De'Aaron, this is like the first time he's had like a legit team around him where you go, they can go eight, nine, 10, and you're not going, oh my God, you're giving that guy, you know, like, I don't know. If, if, if you want to call Terrence Davis the 10th man, if Terrence Davis was, was, was not on the Kings, he'd still be in the NBA. Mm-hmm. A couple of year, years ago, the Kings had guys who were their seventh, eighth men who once they weren't the, with the Kings, they were out the league. Kings had their third, fourth, and fifth men who sometimes <laughs> they had starters who would be gone in the out the league in a year. So I mean, so I mean, like I said, I just think is I'm happy for De'Aaron in the sense that he's got you got a team now. So now you can you know you know we can see everything you were supposed to be. Can you be that? That you got some help because I always said, yeah, I know people are hard on De'Aaron. They're critical of him. You know he can do this better, that better. But the team's also got to help De'Aaron. And I think now the team has helped De'Aaron, and we're seeing the result because the team helped him instead of saying, you know what, let's get guys who don't want to run <laughs> and then put them up with probably the fastest guy in the league and wonder why it looks bad. And I know De'Aaron, he was, especially when he was younger, he'd be like, I want to run. These guys don't want to run. And they would say run anyway. He'd be like, okay, I could run, and that was me against three people. So, yeah, I mean – I think it's all, you know, in Indiana, like, you know, Tyrese is perfect with those guys they've got out there. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. I think it's going to be fun and the Kings to maybe get some revenge from my friends in L.A. for what happened to them. Well, okay. yeah, most definitely. And if and, and, and if Casey was here, he'd say, hey, hey thank Josh Jacobs uh, for doing the 49ers a solid this past weekend. Uh, could y'all just, like, forget that part? Of it? It, that had nothing to do with doing the night. This is what gets me about Niner fans. A month ago, a bunch of y'all hated Jimmy G and were all despondent. Now, all of a sudden, I knew all along, and I'm on record. I said before the year, if you want to go to the Super Bowl, start Jimmy. I said that from day one. Everybody thought I was crazy. Well, And now, and now all of a sudden, it's like, oh, see, we knew all along, you know, and thanks a lot, Raiders. I'm like, no, we didn't. We, that wasn't for – that was – the Raiders are four and eight. They didn't need the help. They're trying to help themselves. You know, they they won a game where they had to you know def- go against twelve guys after an interception. That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I think my man was trying to celebrate and then said, "Oh my God, the play started blocking." I was like, <laughs> "See, there's a twist. I didn't I didn't think of that, Jason. Was, that... I think he was like, "Yeah, we got to pick." He was like, "Oh my God, let me go ahead and block somebody. No one caught it, you know." But yeah. I've had my phone was blowing up on Sunday from Niner fans. Thank you, thank yeah. you. I was like, I'm like, I can't stand y'all. I'm like, <laughs> I was watching the still in the NFC West. But I know that'd be another guaranteed loss for them. Kenny, Kenny texted you on Sunday, didn't he? No, he didn't. He was one of the only people who didn't. Oh, okay. He, he got other things to worry about. He, he, you know, he might have been a little preoccupied. Yeah, uh, you know, but all my other Niner fan, Niner fan friends, they were all on my head. Oh, wow, that was a great game by the Raiders. Thank you. It was a great win. I was like, go away. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you, Jay. Thanks as always, my brother. 
catch y'all next week. Take it easy. Yes, Jason Jones of The Athletic and the J Street Vibes podcast. Uh, appreciate Jason. Uh, James, we appreciate you. We'll we'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, we got to get our rest. Uh, we're gearing up for the biggest night uh, in the history of Sacramento. Uh, tomorrow night, the Golden One Center, uh, the Kings and the Pacers. We appreciate you so much for being with us. Hit the thumbs up if you're on YouTube before you go. Hit the follow button if you're on Twitch. Uh, if you're on ESPN 1320 or the Odyssey app. In fact, no matter where you are, make sure that you're back here with us tomorrow at noon on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.